Well, 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 we have returned. Um, this is our weekly podcast. We're covering a bunch of stuff. <sighs> Just thinking about the last podcast where I... Is it weird that I take people's FaceTime calls? I it's just not something I would do. Let's just keep it there. Uh, I mean, I'm sure. Right in. Would you guys? Would the <laughs> listeners do that? <laughs> right in. Take our Facebook poll. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I don't feel too weird about this particular. I don't know. I don't. Probably I shouldn't. I think the person's. I'm st- I just can't stop thinking about it now. I feel like the guy's trying to start a new life. And I'm sort of there, like conducting traffic at the, at the crossways him. that is his life going. I hope he's doing well. I hope he is too. Maybe he's, <laughs> you know, he's gotten out of the life. He's gone straight, or he's avoiding all of his responsibilities, and he's a wanted guy, and he's not paying child support or alimony. I don't know. <laughs> it could go so many ways. We're just a regular person who maybe the phone company messed up and gave his phone number away on accident. That doesn't seem like something they do, though. Although I did have a really stoned employee at T-Mobile literally cut off my phone number <laughs> that oh, I had to have that forever. That guy. A-Ron. A-Ron. He was so fucking high. I wondered if he, knew, if he knew he was at work. In his mind, he might have just been standing in his living room talking to some bitch on you know TV. We were lucky to get that number back too. Yeah, like an hour or two had passed where I realized that nothing was happening with my phone, and he cut off my number. That motherfucker, amazing. He was really stoned. What's the first thing we want to talk about? What do you want to talk about? Oh well, a lot of things came out this week. Uh, I saw your notes, and I was like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of them being trailers. Okay. Um. Let me just just tackle this first one. Uh, the second trailer for the live action Lion King came out. I don't know how you guys feel about these live action remakes that Disney's been doing, um, but I have a soft spot for Lion King because it was the first Disney film that I watched when I came over to the states. Okay. Um, and like I I like just like been obsessed with it. Still am. And I have been sort of kind of like neutral about all of these remakes that Disney has been doing, not really feeling any uh, real urge to go see them. But like after watching this trailer and hearing the iconic Hans Zimmer Lion King score, I've just been like really excited to see it. And um, it's it's been great. I'm I've not been like seeing what other people have been saying about it. I'm sure it's been very uh some people are pretty cynical about this kind of stuff, so it's not something I like to engage with, but um yeah, so I am going to go I see liked it. it. I'm going to see what I think. I really I love that we've come so far that we now have um beautiful technology to bring these animals to life. I think this is a super good way to enjoy it. I think you can like all the things. I don't think they need to be in competition with each other. I've yeah. liked all the Lion Kings so far. I've liked even what I've seen of the Broadway show. I didn't get tickets to see it, but I've seen enough video to go, that's fucking cool. Like, I like all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's when you see, I don't know all of their names like everybody else does. I just know there's the meerkat. You see him? He's a meerkat, right? And then the. Timo, uh, yes. The boar. Is he a boar? The warthog. The warthog. The warthog. The Pumbaa, two of them yeah. singing in Lion Sleeps Tonight at the very end. Like, I'm like, I'm just showing up for that. I just want to see those two guys. 
Yeah, I'm sad they didn't get Nathan Lane back to do Tim, uh, Timon because that was just an iconic performance. Timon it was. and Pumbaa were the original gay icons. And yeah, no they really were. Otherwise, they were just fantastic. Um, <laughs> so this has to be but its that, own thing, and I'm I'm an excited. I'm very excited for it. I was like, this looks. Yeah, I'll do this. I don't think I'm going like, to the theater. And, and you know, we know that Disney's doing this for the money. We know that. We know it's a cash grab. We well, know it. Just let that, people enjoy I mean, it. You know, dude, D- Walt Disney didn't start that whole theme park in a swamp for giggles yeah he didn't exactly. do it because he liked kids he didn't do it because you know he did he, he did it it walt disney specifically set up disney world so he could freeze himself no that's totally not true. <laughs> um or is it uh <laughs> no and this other thing of like hans zimmer coming back to score this is just like a really weird thing like if you think about it because he he scored uh, this film in 1994 and now he's coming back 25 years later to score the live action version. I think it's a testament to the fact that Hans must be doing something right. Health. Oh yeah. That score is, is completely transformational. Like, no, I'm talking about just health wise. What does Hans Zimmer eat? I mean, oh. he's not a real <laughs> thin dude, but I think he's into self care and he loves his red. He loves his reds. He seems yeah. to be like a, just a really, he, he seems to have a good attitude, a positive attitude about things. Because you sent me these questions. I don't know anything about Hans Zimmer. I'm getting to know because of you that you're like, you love this dude. So I'm like, oh. So for him to be able to come back and do that outside of this, just the massive talent. But the fact that he's alive to do that. In. Yeah. Yeah. And the the film came pretty, pretty early on in his career. Um but like I'm just like thinking as a compose like as a film composer like that must be like a gift but at the same time a little daunting cuz like what do you do differently how do you make it better and like going back to your score that you wrote 25 years ago and seeing like what you wrote back like that's just like it's crazy to me so I'm excited to see what he does with it and how he he makes it new. Yeah. So it's going to be really cool. I love it. I, I love that things are changing. They can be different. There's a new angle on it or it's just it's its own thing. I think that's fine. I think that's cool. Yeah. I like it. I don't understand why there's, I did see, I started like looking a little bit at the low level hate for it almost uh, immediately. Cause people are like attached to, which will flow into, will flow into the star Wars thing after this. Uh, people have their, like, they have something just stuck in time. That's, that's, that's when I watched it. That's the lion King. It's always going to be the lion King and all the lion Kings after it are pretenders to the throne. It's like, can't you, how do people live like this, compartmentalizing them their lives within yeah. certain years and eras? I don't. There are there are there are people that will forever not like remakes solely because they are remakes, um, and that's a, a personal lifestyle choice that you can take, I suppose. Uh, but it's not a very uh, mentally healthy one. I don't know. It's just well, maybe it's, maybe that's how people cope. But I think by and large, I think people just do it because everybody else does it. There's a lot of bandwagoning kind of attitude about things. Well, it's also an elitist thing too, because it's like, oh, the remakes don't embrace the true art form of filmmaking. Like you know, there's those kind of people as well. So yeah, I, just, I know. I know. I'm pretty sure you know more than me about that stuff. But, I don't. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I just think we all know our share of people who just like to bag on shit because it's like you know that, that some remakes are, are awesome. Like when we were watching Chips, we watched uh, Dax Shepard's uh, Chips, and I grew up with the TV show, and um, 
And also just because CHP, you know, and we live out here. I remember fu- the TV show. Yeah, it was yeah. fucking hilarious. It was just a great. I loved it. The I movie fucking was, loved was it. Was fucking great. We had such a good time. There's this one scene with Dax Shepard in the bathroom. <laughs> he hurt his back. It's so. Oh my god. It was just like straight up belly laughing, like bent over, I can't breathe type laughing. Talk about it. Just a good happy dude. Don't we just love Dax? And I love his podcast. And I love the way he lives his life. And I love him and Bell together. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, again, I thought the MacGyver uh, remake was awesome. It's like, mm. something, don't get don't get worked up. So let's talk about Star Wars. People are already like lining up to hate this one too. There's a whole, just a whole warring. If you want to talk about, if you want to wade into any kind of like shit show of fandoms and just infighting, <laughs> go into Game of Thrones or Star Wars. And that's, that, that, that'll just take up all your time if you just wanted to see like throwdown and insulting. Do you think they're that similar? Like I be. don't see, I don't see anyone like running off like Sophie Turner or Maisie Williams off of Instagram because they're women. <laughs> Maybe like, I not. I guess that element <laughs> of it, no. But I'm just talking about like storyline and p- between the books and the shows. Like there's the battle. Okay, of the- yeah. There's yeah. the, the, there's that kind of bitterness. Maybe that's all died down. I don't know. I just don't listen to it anymore. I don't even go into those rooms or hear that. So maybe it's just as fervent as it was before but it, in the beginning of this whole thing when game of thrones was season one it was just like oh my god it's like pitchforks mm-hmm. in the streets and then star yeah. wars comes back around and there's just like hate hate but <laughs> the problem with star wars is is i think for me and we can only talk about our different eras because we're three different kind of eras here ages um Although I consider myself Gen X, I am like 64, so that's right at the tail end of Boomer. But I'm not a Boomer. Don't think like Boomers. I think more like a Gen X, I think. I don't know. What, who gives a shit about labels? But I'm just saying, like, Star Wars, for me, it was like it was out of the evil clutches of Lord Waddleneck. And now we can enjoy it. And we can, we're going to have this new lease on life. And we're going to get these new shows, you know. And, and then we're all going to forget about those prequels that happened. Although some people universally love those. I just fell asleep on all of them and hated them so bad. And so now we're going to get J.J. Abrams and all these cool guys of the moment to do all the Star Wars films. And you know what I naively thought? I'm not a diehard Star Wars fan. But this is what I thought. Is that plane just going to circle forever? Is the plane just going to is just <laughs> sitting over the house? Is he lost? It knows, it knows we're recording a podcast, so they're like, yeah. It's like, what that. the fuck is going on tonight? It's like, yeah, like buzzing the house. <laughs> Maybe you guys can't hear that. I can, and I want him to move on with his life, whomever you are. It's not like a, a police helicopter. Are you it's sure about gone. that? Okay. I swear <laughs> to fucking God, it just annoys me. Normally, I don't even notice it, but this I'm noticing. He's just, he's, he's still out there. So with, with Star Wars, I'm thinking, I just thought this was going to happen. I thought, we're, I thought we were ramping into something greater and bigger, and, and maybe that is what's happening, but I feel like it, it was a failure to launch. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I'm, I mean, like, okay, so, so the, this new trailer comes out for Episode Nine, titled The Rise of Skywalker. That's a whole other thing. But So I'm, I'm watching it, and I want to preface this by saying, we all know it's a trailer. I know it's a trailer. I know it's two minutes long, and we lo- know literally nothing about this movie. This is just my impression. I'm not saying the movie is going to do this, but we're talking in a sort of semi-hypothetical sense. But <clears throat> I'm watching the trailer, and I'm kind of, like, disenchanted about it all. Like, I'm, I'm watching it, and nothing about it 
and I don't know if it's just like the trailer itself, but or how I'm currently feeling about Star Wars after the fallout of The Last Jedi. Um, but I'm watching it. I'm just kind of like, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. I'm not feeling completely. You're not revved up about it. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because I'm like I'm like completely spent on like my fandom energy because of Endgame coming out soon. But it's like I'm watching it, and even like me and Harley, the big thing for me was just seeing Lando come back. Like that was great. Yeah, uh, Billy D. Williams ri- rising to character. That's Hell gonna yes. be fun. But like me, me and Harley were like watching it on my phone because it wasn't on YouTube yet when it first launched, and we just at the end we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, okay, yeah. Um, and you know, I think the, the, the thing with it for me is I kind of had that assumption too, although it was a weird thing for me with Star Wars because I mean, I've talked about it before way long ago when we did our second episode with me on the podcast ever, when we talked about, uh, solo, but, um, I, I had gotten into Star Wars pretty late. Huh? It's a big surprise. Uh, <laughs> well, like, I just, I mean, in all the, fairness, you're, you know, a pretty young person. So uh, true, but like, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a childhood thing for me. I got into it pretty late cause you know, the, this new trilogy was coming out. Episode seven, force awakens was coming out. It was like, okay, I think I just have to sit down and watch these films so I can be a part of it. And that's what I did. I watched all six films and then I went to see force awakens and absolutely loved it. And also absolutely loved the last Jedi. Uh, and I will not be apologizing for that. Um, but I was, I was going into it and I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. This is going to be new. We're in a new era of storytelling. It's going to be great. And I, I, and I do really love the force awakens and I really do love the last Jedi, but seeing this trailer is, is disappointing in the sense that I feel like it, the film is going to be falling in some pretty predictable traps with it being a trilogy of an established world. That's been an established world for 40 40- 40 years 50 years i don't know yeah um something like that so and and what i mean by that is like the force awakens was like so heavily reliant on like oh look at this look at that don't you miss star wars like we're back in the star wars universe you know and then last jedi was like fuck all that we're telling a new story we're taking risks and i loved it but now this one like i'm seeing the death star i'm seeing um like i'm hearing the emperor's laugh and the title suggesting that Ray is they're retroactively retconning that and that, and she's going to be a Skywalker. And I'm just like, is it, is it just really that hard to just tell new stories? I don't think it is. See, I don't think it is. I just think it's this particular team and the way they're hamstrung. Yes. By Lord Waddleneck. And yeah, I I think I don't want to say it's a JJ Abrams thing. I think it's a, it's a universal thing going on in, 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 the people running this specific trilogy. Um, yep. But, and that's, and that's not me being like, Oh fuck Kathleen Kennedy and JJ Abrams. Like everyone else. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Like they can make their own decisions about this, but I feel like it's just playing. it so incredibly safe. Yep. And, in for a fandom that I don't feel like you need to do that, there is going to be that loud 10% of the fandom that isn't going to like a film that strays so far away from the source material. But at the same time, again, this is, this was supposed to be a new story set in the universe that we love. And then now again, I'm seeing and seeing the death star and and the emperor, the tease of the emperor coming back. And I'm like, 
can we not come up with another villain? Can Kylo Ren, can Adam Driver just be the villain? And we, we go to bed, we go home. Like, can it just be that? But no, I'm just like, we're using referential material from the original trilogy that everyone loves because we don't want to take risks on doing a new story and then making people mad. That's the vibe I'm getting it from. And again, it's only a trailer. I know we don't know anything about this film. But I'm just like, I'm just kind of disenchanted at the moment. I'm not, I don't love the title. Um, and I'm not trying to sound like a hater. I'm not trying to sound cynical. Um, but I'm just like, I just thought we were going in a different direction. And this trailer is assuaging me otherwise. So I don't know. This is, it's, this is where I am with it every single time. It's, I just, it's like certain friends that they're all right. You know, they're, they're decent. They're kind. They can be entertaining. But if I were like stabbed or my house was on fire, I needed to be driven to the hospital, I wouldn't call them. So I don't have expectations of them. That's <laughs> Star Wars. That's a good way of putting it. I just don't have any, exp- I just lower my expectations. The, the biggest fight that I think I'm gearing myself up for in, in The Rise of Skywalker is Kylo Ren's fight with those high waisted pants. I mean, literally going in with that, just with that, just. <laughs> Just knowing that, knowing that she's going to be Skywalker, just knowing that's probably it. It'd be nice if it wasn't. It'd be nice if we didn't kind of feel this kind of way about it. But I'm going to see it. I'm going to maintain um, a level of enthusiasm for it. I can't say I'm excited either. But the trailer kind of, I mean, I just kind of know what we're in for at this point. So, yeah, just, it's going to be fun. It's going to be entertaining. I'm a popcorn you know? Yeah, it's yeah, I, and I am go, going to go see it. There, there isn't a world where I'm not going to go see this film. But I'm just like, it's just is well, when just you know really it could the be the best we can do. You, yeah, you know it could yeah, be better. Exactly. And I do. I guess I am going to say J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy, what the fuck up? Seriously, I mean, you don't have to be Kevin Feige, and you don't have to be the Russo brothers. I mean, there's plenty of just great filmmakers out there. But I feel like some people have been at the party too long, got their feet up. I don't know. Maybe maybe Lord Waddleneck is over there. You know. Dolores umbraging everybody with some sort of crazy magic he's cooked up in San Francisco. Some ILM <laughs> dust in their coffee that makes them make <laughs> these kind of lackluster comparatively. I know I shouldn't compare, but it's just kind of like it does suffer by comparison because we live in a world of the MCU. and It's hard. It's hard. If this were yeah. if this were like the 90s, I think we'd all be blown away. It's just that, you know, we've come to expect so much and and again like i liked solo i i liked it so much and, and it was fun we know russian bots were behind hating it um the plane is back the plane's back to barnstorm uh so <laughs> I, I i just don't have any expectation i just know not i'm not gonna set myself up to be disappointed i will see it maybe in the theater maybe not depends on like you're gonna go see it and if you're like oh my god girl then i'll be like all right i guess we gotta drag ourselves to the theater and see the rise of skywalker right now i'm like probably won't probably won't call that yeah. guy if my house burns down and you I'll know call what? the reliable I, I, friend i'll call thor <laughs> or i'll call natasha or i'll call oh, ant man yeah. you know i'll you call, call somebody you call Steve. I'll call Steve. I'll call Tony. He knows how to do stuff. I'm just probably not going to rely on any of these people who are so wrestling with their own emotions that they're stuck inside the Death Star in an inner screen that never ends. Yeah, and I can I say this as well? I said this to you 
minutes after seeing the trailer, I said, I'm feeling like this this film is falling into the same traps that Fantastic Beast is falling into in terms of referential material. And I'm sort of rethinking that now because if you ask yourself, what is the central premise of this new trilogy? If you ask that about Fantastic Beasts, it's Dumbledore and Grindelwald. That's the premise. What is it for this film or for this trilogy? Because at first it was, okay, well, the Empire is defeated, but the First Order rose out of the ashes and now we have a new... Okay, then The Last Jedi dealed more with that and Rey and, and Kylo. And so what is where where are we at now? Yeah, I know. Is it, is, is it just Star Wars, the rehash continues? Like, is are we hearkening back to the original trilogy and then that's just going to be it and the Skywalker saga and all of that can we and I'm just like they said I think Ryan Johnson set them up so perfectly at the end of Last Jedi they, he set the characters in a way that he passed he can pass the baton and he's like giving you yep these great character arcs and not to say that they won't I hope Kylo Ren does not get a redemption arc I don't feel like he's the kind of character for that but then again Not I, in those I pants. put it I put it in my mind with what Ryan Johnson did with the character yep. that he is going to be the villain of the series he got uh, rid yeah. of of Snoke and and that's it he but now the whole thing with like the Emperor possibly coming back and I'm just like okay and then Kylo Ren's gonna kill the Emperor and that's exactly what Darth Vader did and like more like parallels to the and parallel parallels are fine, but like I, I'm feeling I'm feeling the movie lean on it so heavily that it just feels like I've seen this all before, and I'm just and it's it's disappointing. Yeah. So, and I'm sorry to everyone who is excited for this film. Like I'm happy for you. I wish I could be as excited, but um, yeah, I'm just I'm just not there right now. So I'll go see the movie and see what I think. But yeah. Do you know what I'm excited about? This, this American Horror Story 1984. Talking about going back and being nostalgic. But now mm-hmm. it's Ryan Murphy's driving the past into the future, into the present. I'm very excited about this. It, I, love I me, think it's going to be cool. Yeah. yeah I, love me, I love me a good, you know, because that was my time, man. I was in high school. These things were great. And I, I, love, I love what Cabin in the Woods did with it. I love that mm-hmm. whole spin on that. I love to watch some of the ones from the 80s. Just I love the Kruger movies. You know, I don't they don't take themselves too seriously. You mm-hmm. know, if you have sex in a cabin, you're going to die. And I love that, you know, bitch runs in in the trailer, we see this bitch run into the house. And you're already screaming at the scene, the, the screen, "Don't go upstairs, bitch." For for our listeners who are like whiplash from that sudden we're talking about <laughs> the teaser trailer. I just wanted to get us out of Star Wars. I just wanted to get us out of Star Wars. I was just like, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I needed to be stopped. Anyway. Nothing, nothing against uh, you at all. I just, I don't have any. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the, <laughs> the title for season nine of American Horror Story, uh, 1984. Yes. Um, looking, it's looking like it's going to be the show's take on the slasher genre. Um, which we talked about a little bit before on the podcast. Um, not the biggest fan um, but I'm excited to see with what Ryan Murphy does with it. I think we left off on a high. Yeah. Uh, after Apocalypse. Yes. Um, after a couple of stumbles with uh, Roanoke and Colt. Um, but I'm excited to see what he does. It's going to be fun. The, the year is interesting because I know, uh, like you were saying, 1984 was a pretty significant year uh, for, for slasher films. Um, 
so yeah, I'm excited. I'm expecting a certain embracing of some tropes in a very tongue in cheek sort of way. Uh, exactly what you were saying about the person running into the house. I can't wait uh, for the camp. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so campy. I yeah. think it's gonna be great. I I think yeah. I think he's gonna play it very smartly. I hope it's just not ten episodes of women screaming. Uh, <laughs> that's how I typically feel watching slasher films. But um, yeah, it's exciting. I think I'm he's got a chance it for it goes. to be really smart. I'm so excited. I'm very excited yeah. about this. this Although I'm unfortunately, like... we're gonna have to go sans Evan Peters this this season. I know. Stop. Yeah, he decided to take a little Stop break. You don't know if he's coworkers. coming back for season ten. Um, but yeah, it's going to be great. Um, now you did some sleuthing about the Disney channel. I was just like, we have cable, we have cable out the butt. We have all, we pay so much money every month for all the stuff that we pay for. But we don't get pop. We don't get pop, apparently. <laughs> we <laughs> don't Canadian get pop. Canadian TV show. I'm surprised you guys still pay money for cable. Yeah, like, I feel just, like a lot of people don't do that anymore. I mean, even if you cable cut, by the time you pay for all those services, you're paying about the same. And then we get all this kind of other good stuff. And we're like, we're news mm-hmm. junkies. We're political junkies. So you have it all there. And then we, he watches a lot of sports. So we like, we watch a lot of the Dodgers, Lakers, and all that stuff. So yeah, it's kind of, it works gotcha. out. It makes a lot of sense. If you try to go without that, you know, and we don't go anywhere. <laughs> we literally don't take vacations. We work. And um, I have my stuff, and he has the stuff, and this is this is uh, what we spend. So I was like, I just felt really, really like, do I have to spend some more money? Because I just got FX Plus because of Ryan mm-hmm. Murphy, because Snowfall's coming back, because all of these amazing shows are on there. Now the Fosse-Verdon thing is on FX. I can't wait to see Sam Rockwell and uh, Michelle Williams just knock that out of the park. Mm-hmm. Super exciting. And then Killing Eve, you know, BBC America, all this kind of stuff, right? But then yeah. Disney comes along, and I am just, I don't know what happened. I just, dug, I'm not a big, huge Disney person. I say that, but they kind of own the world. I got to stop saying that because they own <laughs> everything now. They probably yeah. bought my soul when I was sleeping last night. Got it dirt cheap, <laughs> by the way. So then I'm like, here's a, they're taking all the, they, uh, they shit canned all the stuff off of Netflix that was Marvel related, right? So it can resurface in some type of way on Disney Channel so they can have yeah. their own thing. And you know what? It's, it's capitalism for you. This is what happens. So you told me that now not only are they coming out with something affordable, it feels like they're coming for Netflix and Hulu and them because yeah. it's yeah. like the old Netflix prices. What's the monthly in the – what does it break down to? Um, so for this Disney Plus streaming service, you have the option to pay uh, $7 a month or $70 for the year. I mean, like, Which seriously. I think is pretty goddamn good. It is good. Um, it's half the price of what Netflix is asking you to pay. Um, and it, and from the looks of it, it's it looks like it's going to have some pretty amazing content. What's going to be on um, it, though? Because that's what I don't know. Like, I just saw, is yeah, this going to yeah. be Hawkeye porn? I don't know. Are they finally <laughs> going to do Stucky? Well... Well, so, doing so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, it looks like um, I, I couldn't find concretely that this is true, but th- I, I think it's safe to assume that you will have access to all the Marvel films, including Captain Marvel and Endgame by the time it comes out. Um, all the Star Wars films, classic Disney films, Pixar films. Apparently all of the Simpsons will be on there. Uh, National Geographic documentaries. Basically anything, any network or company they own, it's going to be on there. Um, wow. Along with, so that um, means you get sports too, like ESPN and shit like that. Oh yeah, I think you you can get sports as well. Um, it's pretty crazy. Uh, and 
and so along with their uh their that sort of content they also also going to be having a lot of original content um there's going to be a bunch of spin-off series uh mcu spin-off series with uh wanda and vision with loki bucky and falcon and hawkeye um and i think and i'm fucking super excited for that because if i could pick all the characters that i feel like are underdeveloped in the mcu it would be those yeah i'm glad to get a limited series of those characters um they're also doing a what if series for marvel which is is it's gonna be cool um it's gonna be an animated series that will explore pivotal moments of the mcu and turn it on its head and and see oh what if we did this or what if it went that what? way um an example is peggy carter being the being captain america instead of steve rogers and they're going to explore that that's going to be really cool. oh my gosh um, okay wow and I, and I think and i think they said it's this idea came from a, a comic book series that has been doing this um but but they're going to base it strictly in the mcu um, so that's going to be fun. The Star Wars Mandalorian uh, series is coming from John Favreau. That's going to be cool. And this, <laughs> there's a bunch of other stuff too, but I, I just picked some of the highlights that I I am going to watch. Um, but this apparently they're going to have a series called The World According to Jeff Goldblum, where Jeff Goldblum will be talking about the science of history of literally random things. I'm watching that. I can't wait for that. He just read the phone book. I want to watch it. I love Jeff Goldblum just talking about that random sounds- shit. That sounds so amazing. This is perfect for, for this man. This man has waited his entire life to have this series. <laughs> yes. You just sold yes. me. So I'm sitting here going, okay, I got to figure out, like, what do I drop Hulu? Do I need to become, do I need to start slinging drugs? How do well, I afford I mean, all these if it's, things? <laughs> if it's like, if we can get it through our cable provider. No. You have to go. It, it's it, a channel. It's its own thing. It's like AMC. It's, it's gone like this way. FX has done this. Showtime, HBO. Yeah, but we yeah, get, we get all those streaming. We get streaming all those through, it's gonna be another through cable. That's interesting. Yeah, that is a p- good point. I feel like though, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work out, but when you were describing it and it just seems really too good to be true, I feel like this will be the, the, the year that they talk about in the future. Which is busted shit open. Where Skynet started and we have to come back and kill... Disney instead of the Terminator. I feel like there's somebody working out in a sleazy I, hotel right now we're pumping iron to come back yeah. and kill Disney, the Terminator. <laughs> Feels very skynet I'm I'm super excited for this and I will, will definitely be getting it. Um and that's me, a college student, saying that I, I will shell out the seven dollars a month or seventy dollars a year for yeah. all this content. It's kind of made um, for I think you. it's definitely worth it. They are coming for Netflix in a way. They're like fourteen dollars, we're gonna do seven. Um, and it's about the price of what Prime is asking. Although I think Prime is like sixty a year. No, I think our Prime is like one eighty. Wait, what? Yeah, our, our Prime is one eighty. Why am I only paying sixty? Oh, is it because I'm a student? Is, is could that be. Student you probably have a student rate or something. Yeah, but I, like, we, we straight up. Like, you go take a class. Well, good to know. I'll be paying <laughs> the regular the price when I graduate. I want to go enroll myself in like Samo. I'm going to put myself up <laughs> community college. I got a student rate too. I'm taking Bitch. yoga classes. I'm welding. YMCA. Do they have welding classes over there? They probably don't. This seems like a it's way too practical for that school. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, we again. What we pay is crazy. It's crazy. It's about three hundred something dollars a month if you count all the stuff up. It's insane. That's crazy. So uh, yeah, I'm feeling like but, I'm feeling like I'm selling blood. Maybe I'm selling a kidney this year on black market. I don't know what's happening. I just I feel like something's got to happen. Something's got to give. And we just bought a couch. 
I'm well, all of a sudden just, worried about my finances. I'll just give you my login. I'll give you my login. Uh, don't say that. No, you will not. <laughs> Nobody does that in this family. Nobody does that. Oh, yeah. What am I saying? FCC, we don't do that. FBI. Nobody does that here. Not in our uh, But, yeah, it, it'll be launching November 12th, 2019, which is not far off. Yeah. Um, wow. It'll be the day the yeah. world ended. That's when, that's when I'm excited to watch and talk about all of this stuff that's coming out. It's, it Sarah looks like has to come back. We're going to be a lot of uh, seeing a lot of great content. So, um, speaking of great content on Netflix, I'm not going to go on too long about this, but I want to tell you guys about something. We have a lot to talk about. That's why all my transitions are very abrupt, just like the season finale of Shit's Creek. Uh, I was a little herald there for you guys. So, um, I saw yeah, I, Ian was away for the past couple of days. He went and worked out of town. So I like I'll throw something on that I don't really want to pay too much attention to, so I can run around and fall out and. Trying to get this power armor, it's not working out. It's just really suck at getting this power armor together. So I threw on, um, you know, at the top of Netflix, they push something at you to watch, right? So it was yeah. in that block at the top, and it was Black Summer, and I'm like, and then I saw zombies, and I'm a sucker for zombies. I'll watch almost anything with a zombie in it, you know, and that's what hooked me initially on Walking Dead. I didn't give a shit about any of this stuff. I was just like, okay, I hear there's a comic book, and they're gonna put this on TV. I tried to watch it, walked away from it, thought it was terrible. Andrew Lincoln's accent was awful. Thought it was really stupid and dumb because I was a connoisseur of zombie films and zombie stuff. Came back to it after it had been on for three seasons, caught it on Netflix, became addicted, and then horribly, horribly disappointed over and over and over again. Then yesterday for the space of these 10 episodes, I remembered why I love zombie stuff and I love it when it's done really well. Love 28 days later, love world war Z love the original. Is it Dawn of the dead? Oh, you liked world war Z. Oh fuck. Yeah. Loved I, it. I enjoyed it too. A lot of loved it. And that. all the people who hated it. <laughs> um, we, you, you can't sit at my table. I love world war Z because again, with the zombie apocalypse, it's the of course the most exciting time is when the world falls, and this was the summer when it, it's I think it's the precursor to Z Nation, and I didn't I tried to watch Z Nation I need to go back and give it another chance, but mm-hmm. this is when it all goes to hell, and so like it starts in Colorado and then this is like it's been going on for a few weeks so we're plopped right in the middle of just shit hit hit the ground running. What I love about it is that this is probably as close as you can get. I mean, you could probably do it and get closer and closer, but this is as close as you can get to what actually happens. Like, you're just trying to get to one location, right? And they did this in Walking Dead. We're going to go to the CDC and get to the bottom of this. I don't know what the fuck you were going to do at the CDC. You think they hand out, like, you know, packets to cure it all. Like, when we have an epidemic in America, do we all, like, try to get to the CDC to, like, you know what I'm saying? It was just a very... But I was like, okay, that, that's cool, though. It's a goal to get to. So Rick and the gang were going to the CDC. All of that traveling was really cool. We had a goal until we came to this aimless, glee, cobbler-making, fucking <laughs> ass-grab that it became with the cast just running away in droves. This was hit the ground running, and it does exactly what the series always threatens to do, the other series, Walking Dead, is don't get attached to nobody. Cause it's just, it's just chaos and craziness. It's very, if you are triggered by things that are anxiety inducing, don't watch it. It's very anxiety inducing. I'm going to have to get Ian kind of liquored up. 
surround surround myself with pillows or something. You know, like they put on dogs those storm shirts, (laughs) those thunder shirts. I'm gonna have to get in like a thunder shirt or something. And give me one of those like ginger tablets that make you sort of wheezy. Give you a little drama (laughs) me because it is. um, But it's not like scare. It's not. There's no cheap shots in it. It just it's shot well. It moves. And you know what I love about the script? Hmm. Very few people talk. No one fucking monologues in this apocalypse. No one stands around and says shit like, now what we're going to do here? And then none of the stuff that they just said happens. No yeah. promises are made. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody is coming to save you and you're just on your own. And then they have this character... I want to say, oh, my God, I love her. I fucking love this whole thing about this. I got to get the characters. She plays a son. Um, and I'm trying to get, what is son's? Oh, come on. Christine Lee plays son. And I think she's Korean. She speaks Korean the entire time and doesn't speak any English. Mm-hmm. And they never translate it. So I've been trying to look at what Sun says because, and again, what they did, also I love this. I love when I noticed this, but it's fine. You get um, you get extra money from SAG when you do diversity casting. That's what they did. They just ticked all the boxes. <laughs> they went, you know, you have an Asian, you have black. Of course, the, the lead is the blonde chick, you know, Jamie King or Jamie, is it Jamie King? Jamie Presley, Jamie, Jamie King. But, you know, she's not like, in every episode, and she's not monologuing either. People are just trying to get to this one spot on the map that they've heard, and you get there, and it's just this race to the end. It reminds me to the tra- uh, uh, train to Busan. It has that elements to it. If you if you want to see the craziest fucking over the top insane anxiety inducing zombie movie, watch Train to Busan. And their zombies are like these zombies in the 28 Days Later and the World War Z zombies in that they run fast. Oh, I love that. And they're just like, ah, ah. they can't open doors, but they can pick people up. There's a couple of rules that I was like, what's happening? There's a couple of things where I was just like, what are the zombie rules here? But they're not uh-huh. this lumbering kind of like, because I feel like Walking Dead sort of sat down on top of the genre and held it back and is like, this is the, the watermark. And this came along and was like, no. No, 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 no. Remember what we all loved about zombie movies? And I'm most freaked out. Like, I'm not freaked out by creatures or things that have, like, teeth inside of teeth inside of teeth or nine eyeballs or whatever. I am scared to death of other people because people suck, especially if they're trying to eat your brains. That is, like, that's the boogeyman for me. Like, I'll be on a walk, like, around dusk by myself, and I'll just see somebody shedding on the other side of the street, and I'll just get so wigged out I have to run home. Mm. This is uh, this is really good. So if you're a zombie fan, I highly recommend Black Summer. They've already buried it. It's not sitting at the top of the thing. But I started looking at what people were talking about, and people were saying, better than Walking Dead. <laughs> that just seems to be the conclusion that <laughs> better than Walking Dead, better than Walking Dead, better than Walking Dead. I just I miss what the show could be. It would be interesting, and I know what they're doing on Walking Dead is really hard because they're trying to maintain the apocalypse after like that first two or three years. What would you do? Um, yeah. And I feel like all these villains on Walking Dead are just so silly. I don't feel like people would be wearing jackets in the apocalypse. I don't. I feel like Negan is just silly. I feel like a lot of this stuff is just 
and the way that the normal people are trying to live. I don't, I don't think, I guess Alpha is the one I sort of went, oh, that's a choice. And the Kingdom Glee Club. The Kingdom Glee Club. What the fuck? <laughs> um, so yeah, this has a purpose. It moves. It's, it, it felt like they did it on a shoestring. So it's got that indie kind of thing to it, which makes it super cool. So yeah, totally mm-hmm. check it out. Yep. Cool. Uh, and then I just have a couple of recommendations. I know that uh, if you guys haven't seen Fleabag season one, it's for right now if you have Prime, the first season's available. Run, don't walk, and watch it. Um, it's probably one of my favorite series that's out there. I mean, I have a lot of favorites, let's, let's be honest. But you've got to go and see it. Uh, it's coming back, I think, for its second and final season. Maybe it's ending, maybe it's not. I got the, uh, maybe I've read that wrong, but I feel like... Um, Phoebe Walker uh, Bridge is in this. She she's a she is a delight. Um, she's a mess. She's wonderful, and you can't take your eyes off of her. And then Olivia Coleman just plays this asshole in it. A- a- Academy Award winning Olivia Coleman. She's <laughs> just wonderful in this. And you have to you have to watch it. And so the second season is coming back May. What did I say? It's coming back May seventeenth, also in Prime. So you got to see it. It's really good, guys. And then Lucifer has made this transition from being on Fox to oh, yeah. cancel the shit out of everything. They're coming back on Netflix May eighth, season four, uh, and we get to know what happens when a certain lieutenant finds out that a certain guy is actually Satan. And he's hot. Um, Tom Ellis worked the hell out, got cut, got swole <laughs> while they were waiting on who was going to rescue this series. And Netflix came along. And if it's on Netflix, he can swear these, right? And he can, like, we might just see some pleasure trail. I don't know what's happening. i got a smutty mind on this. I want to see things happen. <laughs> uh, I want the show to get elevated by being on Netflix, and I hope that that's happened. Just from the trailer alone, talk about trailers. I got me excited. That little low, low uh, stomach six six tattoo. Hell yes, yes huzzah! <laughs> so <laughs> huzzah, huzzah! <laughs> that is uh yeah. I'm so excited about that. I'd also just started watching Happy with Christopher Maloney from Sci Fi. I think you can see it on Netflix now. Just the first opening scene. I'm already in love with it. It's unhinged. It's gleefully demented and twisted as all get out. And also, I finally watched Forever on Prime with Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph, and I was pleasantly also surprised. There was an episode that didn't even have those two main characters in it um, toward the end that had me in a pool of tears. Very well made. Very beautiful done. Forever, Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. It's so good. I feel like there's going to be another season. Maybe not. But it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be one of those couples films, you know, those couple series where everybody talks about, about the choices they should have made. Like oh, a lot yeah. of people <laughs> depict life like it's just miserable and horrible. And as soon as you get married, your life ends and no one has a good partner. And it's just this one big drudgery. It's just like, come on, guys. It's so tired. And I just, this didn't do that. It kind of did that, but it did it in a kind of a, a twist. And I love it early on. But yeah, less of that. I don't like to peace. I don't like to see people sitting around like drinking wine and talking about, well, we don't have sex anymore. <laughs> I just like it when people like run away and just do crazy shit or just, you know, or like if you want to base it on real life, people are not like that, that I know. Everybody's cool. Everybody's fine. 
Everybody's fine. When they get married, life doesn't end. You don't just fall through a trap door and go to the core of the earth and just have to work it like, you know, like what is the dream that what's her head was having all the time in Apocalypse? Where she's uh, the actress and she's working at uh, what probably was a Ross in hell. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Madison. Yeah. yeah, people think that's what, like... Walmart or something yeah, the, like that? Uh, I think it was Ross. Is it I felt Ross? like it was Ross. But it was just like, this, this is what like people think those, yeah. marriage is. It's like this big drip. I'm just like, oh, come on, dude. Seriously? So those yeah. are my recommendations. I had to rush through those. I didn't want to cut us all off. But that's what I did. And scene. Scene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I... I just want to wrap up with a quick general thoughts about some things. Um, you thought you were going to get away with an episode where I don't mention Marvel. You are wrong. <laughs> uh, so I've been we uh, watching. We have boxes to tick. We did Rami Malek. We did Walking Dead. And now we're going to do. We, get, we did uh, Fantastic Beasts. And now we got to get to this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that this past <laughs> week has been uh great for me because uh we i've been at least i've been gaining uh daily content uh from the avengers endgame press tour and at this point in my academic career i'm just sort of like dragging myself to the finish line okay knowing that avengers endgame is waiting for me uh because i'm going to be seeing it the day after classes end oh wow and then it's going to be finals week so that'll be like my little treat Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, on the day of, since I'm not seeing it till 11, um, I'm going to be, well, first I'm going to sleep in as late as I can to make the day by day go by faster. And then depending on when I wake up, I'll see how much time I have to watch all three Avengers films. Um, I'm at least going to be watching Infinity War again, just so it's fresh in my mind. Um but this press story has been like a godsend for me because I'm watching all of these videos of these interviews. And it's so funny how these interviewers and reporters are trying to get something out of the actors who literally know nothing about this film. Because mm. they, they literally like they were just like, I got my lines and that's all I know. So right. uh, when's break? Can we uh, can we get lunch? Um, <laughs> and like these reporters are especially these ones are so cringy. You know, like the ones that are like trying to be super chummy uh, with the actors and like stop. trying to make jokes with them and like be comfortable. Like, Oh yeah, we're friends. You can tell me things. Uh, yeah. Some of them are like, then it's like really cringy. It's like, I'm never going to um, see you again, bitch. Or I'm going to see you when I make another film. And we're, that's the, the, the last time we're ever going to have communication with each other. <laughs> for real. For real. Um, <laughs> The, the greatest pair for me has been Jeremy Renner and Paul Rudd. They're literally... They're funny old, guys. They're um, like an old married couple. Yeah. And they are just so, so hilarious. And they're both like 50 and they look great. Like, yeah. Like Paul Rudd has like figured out immortality. I don't know how he does it. He's a, um, he's, he drinks the blood of babies. Yeah. That's what happens when you're unproblematic. You just age really yeah, well. Thinks, yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, every time uh, the interviewer tried to ask one of them something about the film, Jeremy Renner just kept going, uh, the film will begin, and then it will end. <laughs> uh, and then, like, every question, um, as I said before, the film will begin, and the film will end, and that's what I can tell you. 
Oh, it's great. And again, it's like, again have- press junkets are really cringeworthy just for anybody. I don't think only maybe maybe I've seen in my entire life, I've seen maybe five people do it well. Get in, get out. You know that they're going to be asked every question under the sun. Don't do that. Zag. And if you yeah. don't, if you know, press junkets are also hard for on the person asking the questions. I wouldn't even go in with questions. People obviously said that if you had like some of your favorites on the podcast, I would have zero questions. Zero. You've been asked everything under the sun. And I wouldn't sit there and try to be clever. I would just have a conversation with them and use your time yeah. with that. Hey, what'd you guys have for lunch? And go from there. You know, what's, what, yeah. what's, what was your day like? What was your flight like? You know, you look tired, like blah, blah, blah. And if the person, these are actors. These are people who have had time on the water. You know, mm-hmm. these people like have done stuff, seen things. They have some really interesting stories in them. The last thing oh, I yeah. would talk about is the film. You can't talk about the film. What can you say? I would even waste my 5, 15, 20, 30 minutes whatever your grace to have asking these mm-hmm. fucking stupid questions. Why don't you guys just go, what's up? Yeah. How you and doing? A, a lot of them were just like, Oh, we've been asked this question a lot oh, today. God. Yeah. And they were just like, cause I can't imagine like they're doing it all day. They have jet lag. They have to go on like Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon probably. And I'm just like, it's just, it just seems, I mean like they're having a great time. Like it's, sure. it's obvious. They're having they're a not great busting time, rocks, but yeah. it's like so exhausting. I can't imagine. Um, a lot of people were asking Paul Rudd about the Thanos theory. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have any particular feelings about it. Um, he just wonders why he can't just go in and, like his nose or something. Why does it have to be the butt? <laughs> right. Why does it got to be sexual? <laughs> you guys are so disgusting. Why has it got to be that way? <laughs> oh, my God. I saw something on Tumblr. Like people were talking about that. Like, why does it have to be the butt? Why can't it be his ear, his nose, <laughs> and it's not the butt. And then someone's like, it's it's like. Uh, someone said it would be just more practical if he went through his nose. And then someone replied saying, it's not about being practical. And then they uh, uh, attached this meme or this gif from The Dark Knight where the Joker just says, it's about sending a message. Yes, yes, I saw that one. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. And I still can't believe, at, at one point they asked the Russo brothers about it and they were like, it's a very interesting theory. Uh, yeah. I'm just like, I can't believe this is a thing. <laughs> That we have to deal with. <laughs> but I think it's also, I mean, at least it's sort of breaking up the monotony of this other stuff. But also, but after it you've heard it the fifth time. About, yeah. But again, a lot of these people, I don't want to call them journalists. I want to know what you want to put. These people who show up in these lugs, these these meat bags that they put in the chair to talk to the talent, <laughs> just say dumb shit. They just, the meat what bags. the fuck? This is your actual job. It's like people who work red carpets are the last people who should be on red carpets. They ask them the mm. stupidest fucking things. That's why a lot of people don't watch award shows and this stuff, oh, which maybe somebody was wearing. But we have, like, technology. You can go on Twitter and just look at the dresses. You can look at the looks. Yeah. When people are, like, just asking you stupid fucking questions. Or they'll go the opposite. They'll ask somebody on a red carpet who's trying to get down the red carpet a five-part question. I'm like, bitch, I don't want to talk about Shakespeare in the Park from 1984 <laughs> and how it translates to the 1992 movie that now is being made into that. What are you doing? You need to calm down. Yeah. You know, it's like no one gets this right. And I feel like the people it's like president, the people who should be president don't normally run for it, you know, or get it. Yes. The people who yeah. really are qualified to do it are like, fuck that. I'm way too smart for that. And I feel like the red carpet is given to like, again, this meat sack showed up. They poured it into a dress <laughs> and some heels and gave it a microphone and said, ask all these interesting, you know, ask all these shitty questions to people who are like, are what happened? What is that question? Yeah. And you can see it on these press junkets. I watched a couple of these in-game things. And it's funny when the actors are just like, okay, we know what this is going to be. We're just going to sit here and riff on this. We're just going to – because if you get mad, you look like an asshole. 
Yeah. If you don't yeah. take the question seriously, you look like an asshole. You can't show how fatigued and tired and pissed off you are. Because mm-hmm. now, and even though the other person's doing it to you. So I, I had to say hands on. Hats off to these two because I love Renner and I love Rudd together. They're just like, they're like having a they're ball. Try, they're trying to just get through it. Cause like, just like put yourself in their shoes. Like, you have someone like you're jet lagged, you're tired, you're exhausted, you'd be answering the same questions all or day. Or you're just bored. Compounded with the fact that you have someone that you don't know that is trying to be very chummy with you and that pisses you off. And you, but you still have to maintain some semblance of professionalism and try to get through this five, 10 minute, 15, 20, whatever. Uh, interview and knowing that you're going to be at, asked the same question like it it just seems like oh yeah I, I just have endless respect for these people um but my favorite example of asking those really bad questions was the press conference that they did um not saying they had bad questions for this one they had really bad ones for the infinity war press conference okay um that was run by jeff goldblum last year and he had this really funny thing where he had like a, a bingo sort of thing like he had a a thing of like ping pong balls with like uh, the names of actors and he'd be like oh paul rudd does anyone have a question for paul rudd right yeah, yeah. Get, I, yeah he wasn't there but um and they they got some really weird questions uh including someone asking scarlett johansson what she thought about the fashion of the film yeah infinity war that's the question you guys and even she was like i got the fashion question really <laughs> i mean like i've been wearing the same unitard for 10 years but in this one i wear a vest uh, <laughs> I want to I want to give some advice to the people who ask these fucking stupid, sexist, backward, uh, idiotic, boring, uh, benign questions. I just want to give you some advice. It's going to be played all over the place. If people are fans of whatever franchise, they're going to watch it again and again and again and on YouTube. And they're just going to sit there and judge you. The actor is not going to be your friend if you ask them stupid questions. They're just going to yeah, remember yeah. you as being a dumbass and make jokes about you later on and go, remember that fucking guy? Or worse, they're not going to remember you at all. So why waste your time and theirs by asking these benign, stupid questions? Put some oomph into it. I don't know. Maybe they're underpaying you. Maybe you hate your job. Maybe you wanted to be an electrician and you fell into this because you were being punished by the gods. No, it's a pretty cool fucking job to sit there and ask celebrities questions, right? Even if mm-hmm. you're getting paid $5 for it, right? You're getting this opportunity to sit there with your ass in a chair, in a hotel room, a nice hotel room, climate controlled. There's probably snacks somewhere. And you're wasting your time asking a woman who's been, you know, I know she's had some missteps in her career, but she's a pretty fine person, pretty good actor. You're asking her this dumb fucking meat sack question. Just, can you just... It's really crazy. just... Could you guys just really just work this out? Because it's just a wasted, uh, it's a wasted it's opportunity. Really cr- yeah. there, she got a similar question on the Age of Ultron press conference. Someone asked her, what is it like being uh, the sexiest Avenger? And then Scarlett, she 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 played it off so much. She's like, I don't know. I think Crimson Hasworth is pretty sexy. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, no, it's just like, oh, someone asked Chadwick Boseman for the Infinity War press conference. Someone asked him um, if he thinks this film is a Black Panther 1.5 since Wakanda was in it. And he was like, um, what? Infinity war is infinity war. And black Panther is black Panther. It's its own thing. This isn't a black Panther 1.5. It's infinity war. And it was really awkward. And he was answering like, what happens with your character? Because I'm dead. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm dead. That shit. Eating green. He has, he was like, I'm dead. Yeah, but I'm dead. I'm dead. 
Yeah, I wish I could talk about that, but I'm dead. <laughs> and again, again, I mean, and really, I don't even know why I get worked up. These actors get paid millions of dollars. Everybody's going to be fine. I'm just saying, can you make it like interesting? Can you guys, can somebody out there just go own the interview? The red carpet. Well, someone, and the someone must tour. have said something because this time around it was John Favreau and he was asking his questions that he has like on cards and they were really like good conversation starter questions. Yeah. Um, and they did have some audience questions at the end, which has which wasn't they weren't bad questions. They were again just not as insightful as the well. Ones. Audience questions are different. The fans, you know, they're fanning out. They're overstimulated, kind of like you are when you talk about MCU sometimes. You know, uh, kind of like I am when I talk about Mister Robot. You know, we get that hot, sweaty kind of like when you're a kid and you're 12 years old and you can see the top of the fair. You know, you can see it from a distance. You just start getting overstimulated and like maybe yeah. your parents think about tasing you or something. That's mm-hmm. cool when you're a fan and you can ask as long as you're not offensive. You know, I think you should be nice to the fans. So the reason that everybody has a career and a job and a building to go to and green screen, all that gets paid for by the fans. So I think you should be respectful of fans unless they're disrespectful to you. But the paid oh, people yeah. who sit there. With their big bucket head bullshit and just go, dur, dur, dur. yeah, Can again, somebody and just that, own that. Can somebody go be the person yeah. that does that? And this is the also the uh, other difference that I noticed this time around was the Infinity War press conference was always like, "Hi, blah 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 from blah 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 magazine." Uh, can you and goes off on the question, but th- these were just like fans asking yeah. asking questions. Um, that's fine. And so so yeah, it's it's it was been really fun. Uh, I'm excited more for the movie and I'm, I'm i just have endless respect for this cast and I, I just love all of them and i think they're great yeah me too um and one last thing yeah. uh i just just recommending this um this cover uh of the just a game of thrones piano medley came up on my youtube feed today and i was watching it just completely amazed uh by this guy's work and he's playing he's playing a incredibly beautiful grand piano in the middle of the Icelandic mountains. Wow. I don't know how they got it there, but it's, it's, it's incredibly beautiful. Uh, the, the crane, and the visuals. did they fly it in? They had to have helicoptered it in. I want they to had, see that Yeah, shot. they had to have, yeah, they had to have helicoptered in. Um, but it's, uh, the, uh, musician is Constantino Carrara. Um, that's C-A-R-R-A-R-A. Go give it a lesson. It's a really good, uh, arrangement. Oh, I thought you were going to play a piece of it. Okay. Oh no, I don't have my stuff set up. I'm Fine. Sorry. I'm sorry. Fine. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, go get Wouldn't that. Wouldn't play the Shit's Creek theme earlier. Now you won't play. It's beautiful. It really is gorgeous. You played. You sent it to us in the in our our thread. And yeah, I loved it. And to go off on this Game of Thrones tangent, I got a text message from my dad as we were recording because he is doing his own Game of Thrones watch, and he said, "Quote, okay." Dot, dot, dot. This just got all screwed up. The king in the north and wife and mother got killed? Four question marks. (laughs) (laughs) So so he has approached the Red Wedding. He has. And he is blowing through this. I'm really impressed uh, because he's not one to binge shows like this. Well, it's a show that makes you want to binge it. You can't just sit down. Like I notice, like some people will go, oh, Mr. Robot, and they'll take one in two in some people just can't finish it they'll take it in a little bit like you sit down and once the, once the thing is rolling i mean ian's dad i just put on the first one. Oh, he yeah he was done in- he was staying up till like one o'clock in the morning and then his his taking in of the content 
kind of amazes me. He's a very thorough person. So he had all kinds of questions for me. And they were very, mm. he should be asking questions. He should be doing press tours. <laughs> he was asking some very intelligent questions and was kind of noodling around like when something would happen, what that meant. And then we, we, uh, we, you bought that puzzle and yeah. we put the puzzle together. I bought the map of, of, uh, Westeros and you know all of all the, the whole, yeah the, the whole all the kingdoms there. and all the yeah the whole universe mm-hmm. the whole world and he just he put the puzzle together didn't he he ended up putting the puzzle together he was so bummed because it was only listed on the table for a day and then I put it back in the box <laughs> and it came back and he was very crestfallen he was like what happened and there's a lot of blacks on it yeah it's just a huge blackness uh, that you have to fill in. So it's kind of a challenging puzzle, but you do get to know the world. And he'd go, oh, Young Kai. Now, Young Kai, that's that's uh, in Marine and blah, blah, blah. And then what's what's this area over here? I'm like, well, we don't talk about that area over there. That's where Alessandra uh, is from. He goes, oh, yes. Now, he's talking about the gods and what he noticed about the Iron Bank. And then I would tell him stuff about the books. And he was like, what? So he totally <laughs> got into like... Uh, but th- you can't, you'd get very unsatisfactory reactions out of him. Like the Red Wedding, he was like, oh, oh, huh. Well, they shouldn't have uh, double crossed Walter Frey. I'm like, that's it? You're not like screaming at the screen? You're not upset? He's like, well, they sh- she tried to tell them. She tried yeah. to tell them. <laughs> and, you know, that's what's happening yeah. with the twins. You know, that's, he allowed them passage, and that's what they get. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting reaction. Most people are screaming. I showed him some reactions on YouTube of people screaming. He goes, Yes, people seem to be upset. <laughs> so, you don't really get a big satisfactory answer. I love, I love answer. being on this side of it and watching people. I, I, yes. get, I finally get what you were feeling while I was watching the show. Yes. Um, yes, you're just like, what? What? And it's very sad. I don't know what it is. It's very satisfying. It is very satisfying. To watch he people. Started, he started watching it like three weeks ago and he was like you know i don't have a lot of time i've always wanted to start i don't have a lot of time i don't know how to... and then like three weeks later he's like at like three seasons and about to start season four he's quit his job <laughs> <laughs> he started a game of thrones blog <laughs> he has a channel now <laughs> i can't wait to co- i he might be done with it by the time i go home for the summer i don't even know that is so um, cool that is really and cool then i get to watch the last season with him that's so. awesome yeah. And then you can see the finale. I'm keep talking about it. You get to see the finale with us on our new couch. That'll be har- har- probably mostly fart free. I don't know. Depends oh, wait, on whether. I got I, I to check the countdown. Where are we at now? Yeah. What is the countdown? I have a countdown on my phone. 30 days. So exactly a month. Oh, wait. Yeah. A month from now. Oh, my God. Because I get great. there on the 14th. That's fantastic. So awesome. Can't wait. Can't wait. I got I to gotta make sure I call that band to meet you at LAX. And I'm going to have it. Yeah. Fan. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if I had the kind of influence and the kind of charisma to lure someone like Chris Evans to LAX with me to meet you at the airport and just have him hold up Andre Hayes's name? Turned around and got on the plane. <laughs> you would just would you no. just fall on the floor and just die if Chris Evans is holding yeah, up probably, your name? Yeah, probably, probably. Chris Evans, if you if you listen to the podcast and you want to uh, help make this possible. If you're not doing anything on the... Uh... Hit me up. I know you probably don't have anything to do. You get your feet up, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if I'm you sure want to help us surprise right Andre, please help me pull this off. Or, I don't know, one of the other Avengers. Whomever's I think available. I, would, I, would, I would be blinded by, like, the sheer, like... <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. 
<laughs> it's not the you celebrity can't even imagine that, that it. would make me. It's just like the blinding beauty of that man. I can't. <laughs> oh my god. Let's I'll take any happen. Avenger. I'll take. We got any. thirty days. We could probably do. I'll this. take the Russo brothers. I have some questions for them. Uh, no, I mean that's fine. Russo, I'll we'll take anybody really. John Favreau, <laughs> anyway. But it would just 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 to see your face. Is anybody hooked up with any of those guys? We just it's, there's nothing in it for you guys except for just we can videotape it and put it on you know our website. We can do something <laughs> like that. But I just personally want to be there to watch him. You know. <laughs> Watch Andre just faint dead away at baggage claim at LAX. And he wakes up and he's gently being held by Chris Evans. He's like, you okay, buddy? You okay? You dropped oh your God. coffee. It's, you know, <laughs> I had to move you over because you were laying in your coffee. Just. Sounds just like a NyQuil fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody just write their fanfic about that. Um. Okay. So I feel like we've covered a lot of topics here. I felt like I was running through the laundry list of my stuff. And I'm sorry if I felt like I rushed you on the Star Wars thing. I just didn't want you to no, spiral. Yeah, I don't know. You're, you're totally right. <laughs> no, it was because it was about to trigger me because I just try to sit on a lot of my <laughs> hatred when it comes to that whole franchise. Yeah. And I know if I just started talking, this would be a four hour long podcast of just me just making guttural noises at Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. So I had to like stop that. Though it's definitely not near as bad as when we talk about Walking Dead. <laughs> I was very, like I was very, at the mouth I was very restrained. That. I was very restrained. Normally I go crazy. I stopped watching the show because I secretly still kind of will uh, catch up with it. And I just stopped doing that. And now I'm fine now. I'm good. Good. Calm down. Calm down. I don't follow the president on Twitter and I don't watch Walking Dead. And my blood pressure uh, thanks me. So it's good. Uh, we got any other thoughts before we get out of here? I think that's it. Is that everything that's good? Yeah. Uh, I want you guys to know that the bath time is going really well. It's very relaxing. Also covering up all, all the little lights in our bedroom is helping us sleep better. We cannot afford an elevated bed. So we're trying some new things with Ian. I'm trying to get a good night's sleep and the baths. I got to tell you, I'm addicted to them and I get to hear my podcast now. It's really good been listening to um criminal again i love criminal and then i just started listening to one called the live and die in la with neil strauss um hmm. that one uh is it's a little it's, you know these crime real true crime things kind of i don't know i don't know why i listen to them i say i'm not a fan of that but then i'm drawn to the storytelling aspects of them and then of course blackout continues to be one of my favorite podcasts out there it's also caused us to start beefing up our home um emergency kit we kind of started thinking about it and never <laughs> did anything to it. So thanks to Blackout, Academy Award winner Rami Malek's uh, podcast, Blackout, uh, I ordered fire extinguishers for the house. We didn't have fire extinguishers in the house. No. Well, who, I got four of them, four corners of the house, so we're covered. Oh, that's good. I've got a solution. Instead of getting MREs, I know what I'm going to do for our food. We're going to start uh, We're stockpiling our water as we go. So well, we got an idea of which waters to buy we, for yeah, short term. We just need to get those like tomorrow, probably when we go to the store. Now, long term, I got to save up for like a generator. Our neighbor across the street has a generator that can power his entire house. So oh, wow. we've got to do that. We have all the camping stuff. We got to get a generator like the one they have in us. Yes, we need that one, or the one that's in the uh, in the blackout. Uh, so we're like that podcast has actually got natural us both, gas. Yeah, both both thinking about like. Because we live uh, in a place where at any day now there could be the big one, the big earthquake. So we gotta, 
we got to figure that out. So <laughs> it's funny how these things get influenced. So that's that's kind of a cool thing we've been doing that. So whatever you're into, I know that my niece and my nephew live in Alabama and they're in the uh, tornado corridor. I'm uh, thinking about them tonight because they're like a bit on storm watch. She finally got a weather radio uh, that she says so loud it'll wake the dead, you know, because you want to be, uh, you know, they're in a situation where they don't really have a storm shelter or a place to go nearby and when she tells me there's a storm in the area now i'm starting to get like super worried about them and i remember it well so when they get their new house i'm like you guys need to build the storm shelter come on and also it's a good place to hole up if there's a zombie apocalypse i feel like that actually is a possibility in those parts anyway so just kind of thinking about those things i kind of calm down and get less anxious when i'm doing something about it you know so baths i'm just saying Helps me think less about the end of the world and more about, like, my supple skin. Um, so you guys take care of yourself uh, and get sleep and do what you can. And, and we'll see you for our Game of Thrones podcast. That's happening. I'm just going to be so tooled up tomorrow. I am going to watch it before Ian comes home. I know he's disappointed in me as his partner. I'll just watch it when I get home. But you said you would wait if it was you, and I said I wouldn't ask you to do that. Yeah. So, and also I'm going to watch it probably three times before we do the podcast, so yeah. All right. So you guys take care of yourself. Uh, try to think up some really smart questions to ask people on press tours. Uh, <laughs> eat well. Get outside and exercise. Don't spend too much t- time in front of the screens. And hopefully, if you're listening to this on your lovely walk, I hope you're having a good walk today or tonight or whenever you walk. Be safe. Whatever. Whatever both ways before the street find us on uh, itunes stitcher spotify google play tune in and ashlandpodcast.com all of those work to find us uh absolutely free and then also follow us on twitter instagram and facebook give us a rating if you want to uh you can rate it at the bottom of the podcast when you subscribe to it you go to the bottom you can like rate us try to be nice come on we love you we're trying um, so uh, thank you for reaching out and uh, listening to us every single time. And those who do communicate with us regularly, thank you for um, for loving the show. We love you, too. And that's where I'm going to leave it. We love you. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>